is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting Visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We air live and direct each and every Tuesday evening from the rock and roll capital of the, well, I guess that would be of the world, right? It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. Happy to have you aboard. My name is Greg Rempe. I'm your program host. You join me each and every Tuesday to talk about stuff that has to do with outdoor live fire cooking. We do it each and every Tuesday here. Happy to have you aboard. Let me give you some contact information in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. You can do it one of two ways. 877-448-0433 is the contact number. That's toll free. My dime. Use it if you want to. Uh, give me a opinion that maybe you've gotten a Father's Day gift. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, maybe you were at a great cookout. Maybe you've uh, tried a product that you would like to talk. Whatever it is, have it be barbecue and grilling related. Be able to formulate a sentence or two. Get on the phone. There's no screener. Once you hear your voice and I go to you, when I tell you your area code, just jump right on. You're ready to go. Uh, so you will be up and running. Let it fly, jump off, and we'll go on from there. That's how you make a great quality phone call that doesn't bring the show down. Also, if you don't want to do that, in lieu of that, you can email the show whenever, greg at the com. So those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. And we are simulcasting on Outdoor Cooking Channel. Outdoorcookingchannel.com is the website there. That's where you see the video feed. Also, you always have the live video feed at the Barbecue Central Radio Network website. And you have the first hour over at the home base, latalkradio.com. So however you're listening in tonight, thanks for joining me. And here's what's happening. We have monthly guest Ted Reeder joining us in about 13 minutes from now. We're going to be talking about one of the things that I think is very important, especially us fellow barbecuers and fellow grillers. We have been tasked on many occasions, whether it be at our house throwing a party or perhaps even worse, you have been asked to go somewhere else to actually do the grilling techniques. But uh, we're not going to focus on that too much this tonight. We're going to talk about what happens when you throw your own party and how not to get lost in whatever is happening. Everybody okay out there? Uh, how not to get lost with whatever is happening at your party. Nothing is worse then throwing a party, getting consumed with minutia of barbecue and grilling and make sure everything is right. You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. You're not able to enjoy that party. So we're going to talk to Ted about how to be able to enjoy your own party when you're throwing it, which is key. And then we'll talk about maybe some outside-of-the-box things uh, that Ted would recommend if you're going to be throwing a party and trying to you know change it up a little bit from the standard fare 
And I think we might try and touch a little bit on that world record burger that he was credited with by Guinness here just recently, too. Of course, he cooked that burger last year, uh, but we'll go ahead and uh, check in with Ted on that. Really one of the best guests on a recurring basis that I have. Definitely one of my favorite Canadian guests because Ted is from Canada and we don't hold it against him and we never have. Uh, Ted Reader will join us. TedReader.com is his website in case you want to check up on him before he comes on here in about 10 minutes from now. Uh, segment after that, which is better known as the third segment, we're going to join Malcolm Reed, pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue. You recall we had Malcolm on, I believe it was last month, when he basically gave away the farm on how to get bite through chicken skin for your competitions. So if you were a competition chef who had always been looking to find that coveted bite-through skin, and I've done a number of roundtables here on the show with limited success with getting people to tell me exactly how they're able to achieve that because you have to imagine that the teams that are doing very well in chicken have somehow, A, found that very hard-to-replicate recipe – but then have made it available to themselves to be able to consistently replicate time after time. And that's why the chicken scores are so good. And it continues to fathom me. Uh, I don't even know if that's actually correct, but it continues to you know, really boggle me that you, the cheapest cut of meat that you have out of the four, the one that you could practice on every day of the week and twice on Sunday, chicken, is most teams Achilles heel. I've had any number of pitmasters tell me that exact thing. So he gave away the farm on chicken skin, that being Malcolm Reed. And uh, tonight we're going to talk to him about maybe you've been tasked to go somewhere else. You're going to have to make barbecue at the house or at the kitchen, wherever it is that you do it. But you have to bring it somewhere kind of cold. You got to reheat barbecue. Kind of scary. Malcolm's going to take the scary out of it. He's going to break it all down for us. Uh, so in case over the next few weeks, obviously, there's very big weekends that we're coming into here, especially with the uh, 4th of July. Sometimes you might have to make those ribs or whatever it is that you're making ahead of time. Bring it somewhere off-site. How are you going to reheat it to make it still succulent and tasty? So Malcolm Reed will join us in the third segment. Uh, we'll wrap it up in the fourth segment, and then we're going to start a new segment, second hour of the show, which is Tech Talk. And I'm going to be joined by expert techie, a guy who loves everything that has to do and this uh, techie portion, techie, I guess, is a, is a large gamut. You say barbecue, but we could focus on 20 different things that are more individualized about that industry. Uh, but this tech talk tonight will be about uh, my love, cell phones. We're going to be talking about, in depth, the HP Veer, which used to be a, a, a Palm, but HP bought Palm. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, he has been demoing the HP Veer, and we will uh, see exactly... What he thinks of that, he's an expert in the industry. We'll also talk about operating systems that are available for smartphones right now. You will have Android. We will have iOS, which is Apple. You will have a RIM, which is BlackBerry, fading fast, by the way. And you have Windows 7. So we'll talk a little bit about what uh, each one brings to the table. And uh, look, I mean, we're talking about high tech here. And uh, is my sync off, guys? I'm sorry. What can I do? Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about uh, how the phones are, how you should at least go about shopping about the phones. You have these people around you that have certain things, and if they like the phone, they're going to tell you they like it. If they don't like the phone, they're going to tell you they don't like it. But you need to take into account certain items personally when you're looking for phones, and uh, Carlos was going to help us break that down as well. Also, we have an interview done by Marilyn Mayer, who is co-host of Hot Sauce Weekly, 
and she was down at the Swine Tastic competition. Just this past weekend, I was able to get an interview with uh, one of my listener favorites, who's also a competition cook, Brian Dodd. Uh, we refer to him as Special Agent Brian Dodd because he's Special Agent of DEA. Uh, who's smoking? And uh, Marilyn was able to catch up with him, get a little insight as to how his cook went. And I believe he did get uh, one top ten call. I don't remember the category specifically. It might have been pork. Uh, but he did get a call out of it, so that's good. It wasn't a complete blowout. He was uh, riding high on the karma over his last number of competitions, getting a number of calls. Uh, but we'll at least get his gauge. He's definitely an engaging character. I was able to preview that interview here before we play it tonight. Uh, so we'll look at that. Also, giveaways uh, tonight to include uh, a new product well not a new product but a new promotion from mojo bricks that we might be able to get into also albuquerque's uh, seasonings and rub we're going to be giving away a bottle of sauce and rub uh, from albuquerque's sauce and rub you can find them out at uh, albuquerque seasoning a b l u k i r k y albuquerque seasoning.com uh, there you go again quick reminder about one of my most favorite retailers right here in Cleveland. Let me show you because I got it for Father's Day, this uh, succulent watch. This is from, believe it or not, Stephen DeFranco Jeweler himself. Look at this find. Remember what we were talking about the other day? Uh, the other day, And by the other day, I mean last week about the Bolova Accutron watches. And we're running that special right now for all of the Centralites. If you call in right now in the Father's Day special, which is uh, going on, uh, continuing to go on right now, you get 35% off any Bolova Accutron watch. Also, you get an extra $50 off if you say that... Uh, you, if you mention my name or Steve's name, along with the term barbecue brother, you got to say barbecue brother. You get free shipping if you do that. You also get free gift wrapping. You also get free batteries for life. You get free engraving, free polishing, and they'll even come to your house and set it if you need to because that's how much they love the barbecue and grilling industry. I mean, I've had this watch since Sunday. It's really, I mean, personally, I think it's one of the, the best-looking watches I've ever seen. Uh, I'm trying to show it up there on video got the rose gold color it's got that nice rubber band but then it's got the rose colored clasp in there too i mean this thing is phenomenal and uh, i am so happy to have uh, been able to get it from a local retailer and a guy that sponsors the show you're not going to find a better deal on any type of bolova accutron watch anywhere you can go ahead and try if you want to but then go ahead and call steven defranco jewelers you can find them at stevendefranco.com you get that 30% off any Bolova Accutron watch. You get the $50 off if you mention my name or Steve's name and say that you're the barbecue brother of us because we're all barbecue brothers and sisters over here, I would imagine. Uh, and then you get the free shipping. Depending on where you're at, that could be like uh, $7 billion in free shipping. Maybe you're going to ship it over to Taiwan or wherever. But you get free shipping, free gift wrapping, free batteries for life, which is huge. Free engraving if you want to give it to somebody that means something to you. And then free polishing. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better. That's stephendefranco.com. Hurry now. So when you call in, just say you heard the Father's Day special and you want to see if it's still going on. And you will get hooked up just like I did. I mean, I love this watch. It's absolutely fabulous. Stephen DeFranco, a new sponsor to the show, and uh, what can I say? He's a top-notch guy. I know him personally, and that's why I can say that. All right, we're coming uh, right back with Ted Reader. 
Stick around. Testing live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Yellow. All right, welcome back. It is uh, 12 minutes past the hour. Don't forget to check out stephendefranco.com for that huge watch giveaway. 35% off right now, Bowl of Accutron watch at stephendefranco.com. All right, one of my favorite guests now waiting on the line. And the topics tonight are vast and varying, but of course, very, very important. And one of my favorite guys just to talk barbecue with in general is show favorite Ted Reader, joining us all the way from Canada. Ted, how are you, buddy? Good, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Ted. Thanks for asking. And uh, we're going to cover a couple different areas tonight as we were going a little bit back and forth on uh, things that we wanted to cover. Um, First and foremost, because we're at least here in the States and I'm sure up there in Canada, you're coming into kind of like that mainstay of the barbecue and grilling season. It's going to be hot out for the next couple months. There's going to be a lot of parties that are going to be going on, especially down here over the 4th of July weekend. So one of the things that uh, you know I'm always getting asked through emails is, I'm hosting a party, but it's never fun for me. I'm the guy that has to grill. I'm the guy that has to barbecue. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And by the time everybody's leaved and uh, the beer has been drank and the women have been pillaged, they've had no fun and they've hosted. The, it, was, it was their freaking party. So as someone who's done it for years and years, you're an expert in the industry, how does a host of a party really – get away from that pitfall of becoming a victim of their own party? Uh, number number one comes down to planning. you got to plan your menu and do a lot of preparation ahead of time. A party is exactly what it should be, a party. Sit back, relax, have fun, let loose, and make sure you've done all the preparations to cook that food ahead of time. So don't be trying to smoke it and pull it or trying to make it all at once. The easiest thing to do is get it done ahead of time. And then just finish it so that you can sit back and do what I do. Open my grills up, open my smokers up, and say, feed yourselves. It's time to party. Now, when you're taking into account, obviously everybody's situation is going to vary case by case, but just as a general rule of thumb, are there particular items that you might want to stay away from, especially this kind of year, or is it the matter of planning to make sure that if you're going to pull off something spectacular, you need to have it really planned down to the very end? Well, number one, when you're having a party, don't go and make stuff you've never done before. Make it consistent. Do things you know so that you're comfortable. Makes it easier to have a good event. So what do you think? I mean, what are some of Ted Reader's favorite things to make at a party? And we're not going to go, you know, part of this discussion tonight was going to be outside of the box stuff that you might recommend for showstoppers or for entertaining people that you were just kind of getting in your house for the first time. But just as something that falls under the Ted Reader favorites to make for a party, regardless of what the theme is, what do you like to have at the parties that seem to be a hit? I like to start off with a variety of different appetizers. Uh, Planked brie cheese or camembert cheese is always great. Uh, I like to do simple things, smoked chicken wings. And I like to take that and toss it with fig jam and gorgonzola cheese. And it makes it pretty tasty. 
things that when they arrive, your guests can eat right away. Are you building into a more main course at that point? So if you have like cheese and the stuff that you mentioned, will you have burgers and dogs or will you have pulled pork or chicken or something like that as well? When it gets into the main, I'll either do steaks, which are fast and easy and I don't have to think about them. And you can throw them on and within 12 to 15 minutes, it's all done. Or I'll get into doing something like uh, a suckling pig or a prime rib on the rotisserie spit, something that takes a long time so that when my guests arrive, it's ready to come off the spit, carve it, let them eat. All right, let's uh, let's take steaks for a second, Ted, because I did actually a huge first hour on steaks and you know, all these special methods with Meathead Goldwyn last week on the show. Uh, but since I have you here, and you're obviously a, you know a very well renowned chef when it comes to you know both grilling and barbecue side of things, if you're cooking steaks. For your guests, are you going around and asking everybody what temperature do you like them at? Are you cooking them all to a general temperature and then seeing if people want them to be put on for a couple more minutes? How do you gauge that? Uh, If I've got a bunch of people coming to my house, I'd like to find out, uh, most importantly, which guys and girls want it well done or medium well. And do you kick them right out of the house? Easy. (laughs) Yeah, there are a few people that show up on them that way. (laughs) (laughs) So... You know, I, I find out those because I can start those the day before because they like them well done. It really doesn't matter. Exactly. And But then those that want it rare, medium rare, I mean, I'm in the barbecue game. This is what I do for a living. If you want it rare, I'm going to give it to you rare. You want it blue, you'll get it blue. You want it medium rare, you're going to get it medium rare. But I'll often change up the method that uh, I'll cook my steaks. Sometimes times I'll do them on a direct grill. Other times I'll put them in my smoker. And then other times I'm going to bury them in hot charcoal and let them cook that way. And it's a little bit more fun. It's even easier because really you can't mess around with it. Once you've buried it in the charcoal, it's all about time and temperature and that's it. All right. So now I have to stop you there because I had no idea we we're going to be talking about this. When you're talking about burying steak and charcoal, what exactly are you getting at? Well, I take, uh, I get my coals and I traditionally use lump charcoal. I get it, uh, nice and hot where it's the, it's got a nice little layer of white ash all over. And uh, I Ted. Ted. Oh. Get that big stuff out of here. We lost Ted. And I think I've just lost my Skype for some reason. Oh, boy. This is terrible. We're just getting into. Oh, I always hate when I go to this uh, pun. Uh, we're just getting to the meat of the conversation. And away it goes. You know, I'm just going to put it out there for general consumption, but it seems, it seems that ever since Microsoft has bought Skype, purchased them, bought them out, however you want to look at it, things haven't been going very well for Skype, is basically what I'm saying. So uh, I'm not sure exactly. I know there was a terrible trouble. I believe it was this week, last, uh, or this time last week, where Skype was down for the better part of the day. And here we are, not having a very good Skype moment right now either. And uh, we have one of my favorite guests ever, Ted Reader, suffering because of it. 
right, we're going to do our best to get Skype back up and running, and uh, maybe we can find Ted Reader. Let's see. Where do I have uh, got all these icons hidden all over? There we are. Hey, Skype buddy. So we'll chase Ted Reader down, assuming Skype wants to work for us here. There's no other lines into the Barbie Central Radio Network studios. You would figure probably in such a palatial setup as we have here that uh, we would have multiple phone lines. But no, it's just really Skype that really what makes it happen. And uh, when Skype doesn't work, that kind of screws everybody is basically what I'm saying, folks. All right. So we were going to see what it was like to bury steak in charcoal. And I know that Meathead actually was talking about that very kind of off-key a little bit last week. I don't think he was a fan of it. Maybe I'm completely frozen here. Am I completely frozen up? Am I getting out here, guys? What do you think? Give me a little heads up here. Looking for a little feedback. Let's see. Oh, boy. Yeah. There we go. So it looks like we might have a Skype problem. Great. Wonderful. All right. So we'll figure out what's happening here on my end sooner or later. But no phones, which doesn't make a very good uh, ending segment here for Ted. Certainly doesn't make a very good hopeful segment for Malcolm Reed to talk about reheating barbecue either. So uh, Skype is shut down, and we will. Try and uh, get that back up and running here just as soon as possible. Uh, So what did you get for Father's Day? Obviously, you read or you just saw the fact that I had my Bolova Accutron watch from Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, which is awesome. But did anybody bother to get their pops some Q cologne? I hope not. How did that work out for you? Anybody say, hey, Dad, you know, I love you so much. I bought this first fragrance ever for barbecue, and it's called Q Cologne. Look, let me tell you, I've had it for a week. and Well, has it been a week? No. Yeah, it's been a week after the uh, little bit over a week. And it, it continues to get a little bit more offensive each and every day. And I don't know, possibly how you could sit here and give me a review that is any better than I smelled it and the first thing I wanted to do was give it right back. Or I gave it to my dad for Father's Day, he smelled it, and he punched me right in the eyeball. I would imagine that could potentially elicit some kind of a reaction uh, from your dad. And, you know, getting punched in the eye probably isn't that too far out of bounds. So what can I tell you? All right, let's give uh, Ted another whirl here see what happens skype seems to be back up and running at the moment we'll see this is uh this is what yeah trust me uh the wife does not like q cologne that's for sure all right let's uh let's try it again ted you there buddy i'm here all right sorry about that i think skype uh, ever since microsoft bought skype things have gone uh, south for them but uh, no big surprise so we were talking about you burying meat in uh, in lump charcoal yes so you get the hot coals you dig a well, you put the stakes in there, you cover them with more hot coals. You got to make sure that there's no exposed meat. So meaning that, that it's got to be completely covered in the coals. If it's not completely covered in the coals, what's going to happen is that exposure is going to burn. Mm-hmm. But when it's completely covered in the coals, you got hot, it fears, and it cooks it perfectly. 
And how long do you keep it in there? I mean, what kind of uh, what kind of cuts of uh, steak are you putting in there? Does it matter or no? I'll do a two-inch uh, New York strip t- steak for about 14 to 15 minutes, and it'll come out a perfect medium rare. Wow. Uh, and how are, you, uh, how are you setting up the coals again? Are they, are they all on fire? Yeah, the coals are completely on fire. They are a white, white maximum heat. They're super, super hot. And often what I'll do is if I'm doing a number of steaks is I'll have a charcoal chimney just pumping away. They're super hot. I'll lay the steaks down and I'll pour the hot charcoal over top, make sure it's all covered and do it up. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so when you fish these bad boys out, how many could you do at a time? Uh, I've done about a dozen at a time in a big uh, barrel uh, charcoal grill. All right, so when you fish them out of the charcoal, and I don't mean to sound like an idiot here, Ted, but I've really never done it before. I've only seen Stephen Reichlin do it once on television about 10 years ago. How, how do they come out of the charcoal? Do you have to take a broom to them, uh, or do you rinse no, them no, off, no, or no. what's I, the deal? I pick them up with a pair of tongs and just knock off any of the charcoal that's there and put them on the counter and let them rest. Wow. So, and they, do, it, does it, it have it a better taste? There's a recipe for it in my uh, plank grilling book. Oh, because that's plank grilling at its finest, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what kind well, of a, it's just you know you're cooking with the elements so what the hell what kind of a flavor profile difference do you have uh, cooking steak like that or, or is there not that much of a difference from doing it the traditional way no there's not that much of a difference in fact uh, I think that the charcoal flavor is a little more subtle <laughs> um, it's just a, it's just a great way to do it I often do um, center cut uh, beef tenderloin roast that weigh about a pound and a half to two pounds and uh, I'll roast that completely in the charcoal. And that takes about 25 to 30 minutes. Pull it out, let it rest, and then carve it nice and thin, and it's absolutely delicious. There's got to be a huge wow factor when the crowd is there and they see you pull meat out of charcoal, right? Exactly, and the thing about it is that you don't have to touch it, right? Most people, (laughs) when they hit a grill and they're cooking a steak, they want to poke it or prod it or flip it or turn it, right? Here, once you bury it in the charcoal... You just need to set your timer and say, okay, this is how long it takes. And you've got to experiment. So this isn't something you do for a party the first time. You've got to practice it. But you put that in there, and then it's like, okay, i got 15 minutes. That allows me to have one to two beers. Sit back, relax, enjoy your guests, and have a good party. There you go. Uh, Ted Reader joining us. TedReader.com is the website. Uh, Ted, before I let you go, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Items that might be a little bit more outside of the box of the traditional barbecue and grilling fare that one might want to consider when throwing a party uh, this summer. What are some of your top recommendations? Well, dessert, as you know, and I've talked about it a thousand times with you, Greg. I'm a big fan of the Twinkies and brownies done on a plank and hot smoked, and they get all gooey and, and, and really sweet. But I like baking cakes on the grills or in my smokers. I like to make breads and biscuits on planks. Just, I mean, don't limit yourself to burgers and dogs and, and steaks and chicken breasts. There's so much more that you can do. You want to do nachos? Do them on the grill. You want to have all kinds of different seafood. If you want to take smoked salmon and wrap it around scallops and inject your scallops with Jack Daniels mixed with butter, I mean, it's your party. You have a good time and you create. 
you're only limited by your imagination. There's no bad recipes. It's just bad results. And you've just got to practice it and, and tweak it and create something that you think is absolutely fantastic. I love lis- listening to folks talk about food and, and my fans telling me about the things that they've made. It's inspiring to me to taste and to see these different things. So just go out there and have fun. That's the key. Sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. That's what barbecue is all about. It's not about being all stressed out. It's about having some fun with your friends and your family. Now, when you're talking about this uh, smoked Twinkie, which I'm sure a lot of people are uh, salivating over immediately, uh, what kind of a wood plank are you using, or have you found that one particular species lends a better flavor than the other? And give us the the process of of how you actually do it and, and what you're putting in it. I take uh, a maple or an oak plank because I don't want cedar, which is really a little too aromatic and strong. And the maple and the oak plank, it's nice and subtle. You put the Twinkies, you line them up like little soldiers on the plank. You're going to spread whatever you want on top. It could be Nutella, it could be peanut butter, it could be a caramel sauce, whatever you feel like. Then crushed up Oreos or or vanilla cookies. You're going to put some chocolate chips, some peanut butter chips, uh, mini marshmallows, whatever you want, nuts. Put it on a grill, 350 degrees, close the lid, and let it cook and smoke away for about 15 to 20 minutes. That Twinkie's going to get all warm and crispy on the outside, and that creamy filling is going to get nice and warm and gooey. You then take an injector needle. You suck up your favorite food, uh, uh, booze, sorry. <laughs> That's a Freudian slip. There you, go. you suck up your favorite booze, and you inject it into the center of each Twinkie. And I tell you, it is a phenomenal, fun, little party dessert. Serve it with some fresh berries, uh, grill off some pineapple, have a pineapple sundae, whatever you want with it. Just have some fun. Now, I know you're, one of your personal favorites, of course, is Jack Daniels when you're putting it in the, uh, the Twinkie. But have you found any other liqueur to be uh, particularly uh, accommodating to this uh, masterpiece of a Twinkie that you're talking about? Oh, a good uh, spiced rum really works well. Actually, Jack Daniels has that new Tennessee honey. Mm-hmm. That makes a Twinkie a pretty special thing. Um, really, anything you want. If you want to inject it with some Baileys, go for it. A little bit of Grand Marnier works well. Um, it's just about using the flavors. Butterscotch Snops is one of my favorites to inject. I also like to mix it with my Jack Daniels and add some root beer and add a, a little bit of ice cream for a float. Whoa, sounds wonderful. Uh, Ted Reeder joining us. Ted, do you have any new books on the horizon that uh, we might be able on the on the lookout for? Uh, next year, coming out in the spring, we've got Beer Delicious, which is a, a grilling and smoking book. Uh, 101 brews and 101 different recipes using those beers. That'll be coming out across North America in the spring. And uh, we are also working on another book for 2012, can't get into details yet on it. We're just working on uh, finalizing the deal, but uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to, to put together. And in the next couple of months, I'll be able to give you a little bit more information on that one. All right. Uh, Ted Reeder joining us here on the show. Ted, I mean, you have, uh, you know, penned probably 758,000 books and you have two more on the horizon. I mean, you're covering a vast array of things within this industry. One would have to imagine that at some point you might be. Uh, reaching the proverbial end of what else can you possibly put in a cookbook. So where does it all, I mean, how, how, many, how many books do you think you have left in you? And when you started from the first one till you know, the, the one that you can't even really talk about now, 
Uh, how has the progression gone for you? Is it easier and easier and easier to write these books? Uh, have some been harder than others? How does it all shake out for you? Um, some books are quite easy to write. I, I think the, the, there's been a couple of books that I wrote in a, in a three- to four-month period, a uh, couple of hundred recipes. Just you get into a groove and you do it. When I did my burger book, it took me about uh, four months of cooking and testing to put a, together 110 recipes. Um, I just go out there and I look at it from a, from a flavor perspective and say, hey, this is what we're doing. If it's going to be steak, how can I do steak? 50 different ways. And you go and you practice and you play and you cook in the backyard. That's what I do. And, you know, and every day, I mean, there's so many different pieces of equipment that nothing cooks the same. You know, I've done beer can chicken on my big green egg and I've done beer can chicken in my Horizon smoker and I've done beer can chicken on my Napoleon gas grill. And the results are completely different from, from each one. And so, you know, it, it changes the way you do it. So every time you approach it, you have to look at, with your smoker, you've got to look at the weather that's outside. You know, how hot is it or how cold is it? How humid is it? I got out on my, my, my uh, charcoal grill one day, and there was, it was dead air. And I couldn't get a fire to go up over 300 degrees. There was no oxygen to be had. And you've got to adapt. You know, if you've got a party coming on, you've got to figure out what you're going to do. And so for me, coming up with recipes, uh, I love what I do. I love to cook. I love this business of barbecue. I'm a chef. I've been cooking since I was a little kid. And I don't think I'll ever run out of recipes. Uh, not as long as I can get behind a grill and fire up a smoker. Um, I'm all set to go. And it's just, uh, it's just letting my imagination go. And, and thank goodness there's Jack Daniels out there to help give me some creativity, too. Absolutely. Ted Reeder joining us here on the show, and it's obviously great news that you have years and years left to keep these recipes flowing out of you, which means I get show material for uh, every month coming around here, too. It's one of my favorite guests, Ted Reeder. Ted, always appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for hanging with me through that uh, technical difficulty. We'll look for you again next month. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great uh, Super uh, July 4th weekend. Have some fun. And uh, if you're going to somebody's backyard party, never touch another man's grill or smoker unless you're invited to. There you go. Sage advice from Ted Reader. TedReader.com is the email address. Skype, you don't want to ask me how I want to rate that call, believe me. But customer feedback, oh, okay, fine, you ask me again. Very, very bad uh, did not hear the other side. Call did not connect. I heard echo on the call. There was a delay in the call. Can I just hit all? Is all possible? I don't know. All right, there you go. That was Ted Reader again. TedReader.com is his website. He's also on Twitter. He's also on Facebook. Uh, so follow him. Just a, a guy with lots of different stuff. I love having him on each and every week. All right, again, quick reminder about my good friends over at the Barbecue Guru. Uh, Barbecue Guru has been a show sponsor here on the live version since the very beginning, now uh, almost going into its third year on the Barbecue Central Radio Network show. And they have really outdone themselves. They are a purveyor of some of the most popular stuff out there in the barbecue and grilling industry. For instance, they're carrying wicked good charcoal. How hard, let's be honest, if we're all really being looking into ourselves here, you go out, to the Lowe's, you go out to Home Depot, wherever it is that you mostly get your charcoal from, unless you're a hardcore online guy. And most of us aren't. I know a lot of us wouldn't admit it, but I'm not going to try and buy my charcoal online because I have a fear of what's called shipping. Okay, I think the guys that are uh, chucking around 
my charcoal probably really don't give a crap if they're busting it up or not. Okay, that really worries me. So I tend to try and find local purveyors of good lump charcoal here, and it's really hard to find. So here you have a company like the Barbecue Guru, very trusted. They're going to get wicked good charcoal, which is like one of the highest rated lump charcoals out there in the universe right now. People in Mars are using wicked good charcoal to rave reviews. So you know they're going to get it to you on time. They know you're going to you know you're going to get it to them. They what the hell am I saying? You know they're going to get it to you at a great price, but it's going to be there for you to use. It's not coming as like a wicked good dust in a bag. Also, they have blues hog, they have head country sauces, they have the slabs rubs and sauces, dizzy pig rubs as well. Some of the most winningest stuff on the competition scene they have. So you want to take a look at them for all of that. Plus, introducing the new Onyx oven. It's the same oven that they use and that they win competitions with. They used it at the Jack Daniels when they came uh, runner-up or reserve grand champion last year. It's lightweight. It's fuel efficient. It's accurate. On a load of charcoal, it gets like a 24-hour burn. Plus, you know that all of the cookers that they make have very easy adaptability to their four temperature control devices, the pit temperature control devices, the IQs, the DigiQ2s, the Procom 4 wireless unit, uh, the IQ. It doesn't matter. Whatever your budget is, they have something for you to fit into when it comes to automatic pit temperature control, not to mention all of the other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. You find them two ways, thebbqguru.com, or you call them toll-free at 800-288-GURU. It's the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. All right, give me a quick second. We're going to go find Malcolm Reed reheating barbecue. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. Sorry about that. Forgot my water. Sometimes it happens. That was Ted Reader, by the way. Who's going to be the first one to try planked Twinkies? Maybe me. I think uh, everybody at my house would like plank Twinkies. Except when I started doing the whole, you know, injecting liquor well, I mean, obviously, the, you know, my daughters probably wouldn't like that too much. I don't know if my wife would like me injecting uh, Jack Daniels into the uh, smoke plank Twinkie, but you never know. All right, let's uh, go ahead and race over to the hotline. We're going to be talking about reheating barbecue with one of my favorite new guests, Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, absolutely fabulous. Uh, welcome back to the show, Malcolm. I appreciate you making time for me tonight. And it's really one of the uh, more fascinating subjects. And, uh, and let me be uh, completely honest here. I've had a number of people ask me uh, from time to time since, you know, when you get a good hand at making decent barbecue in the backyard, word spreads among friends and family, and all of a sudden you're getting, like, requests. Oh, hey, you know, when you're going to be four hours down the road, uh, why don't you stop by and, and bring me some barbecue? And I tend to shy away from that simply because, A, I don't want to put – the Weber Smoky Mountain Twins in the back of my van and have my van smell like a smoker. Uh, but more importantly, 
I've never cooked barbecue and then stored it somewhere, then to bring it back to the same type of quality barbecue coming off of the cooker as it usually would on any given weekend. So your email seemed to be more timely than ever when we were talking about reheating barbecue. So definitely wanted to have you back on. So let's kind of cover it from start to finish, at least in your estimation, processes that you go through and how you would do it with different types of meat and and potentially what you would want to stay from as well. So uh, I'll turn the floor over to you, Malcolm. Sure, you know, that's how I started too. I was uh, getting requests from friends when we first started cooking, you know, just trying to get barbecue out there and figure a way to put it up. And it, it was tough at first, man. I've, I've tried a bunch of different ways. And just over the years, I kind of, I wouldn't say perfected, but I've got a way to where it's, it's at least, you know, almost as good as when it first comes off. Um, like the bigger cuts of meat, you'll have more success with, with, you know, with storing them in the fridge or even putting them in the freezer. Um, ribs are doable. It's just part of the process. You need to cut off at the end and, and finish them the next, you know, when you get ready to heat them up. But um, chicken is something that you know, I'm still working with. I found that when you're doing chicken that if you'll pull the meat, because, I mean, you know, chicken, your time window when it's done is, it's so close, you know, it, it dries out so fast. So if you pull it and then store it that way, it'll work better. But we'll talk about all three of them. Um, when I start with, say, pork butts or yeah. something like the shoulders, I've always got some left over at a contest, or I'm always cooking them for friends that can't come pick them up day of and all that. So what I'll do is I keep them in as large as pieces as possible. Like, you know, if you can get a whole butt and wrap the whole thing up, that's great. But if you're taking the bones out at least and, you know, getting it in larger cuts of meat, what I like to do is get it chilled first when it comes off the grill. Vent it, let it cool down. You know, you don't want to get in that danger zone. That's a big thing with putting this meat up. You don't want to get anybody sick. I mean, that's something everybody should be, you know, conscious of when you're, when you're talking about cooking food for other people and your family. You right. know, that's something you want to do. But but get it cooled down and then get it in the fridge. And um what I'll do is I'll use just like aluminum food service pans. I'll, you know, get my butts in that or get my meat in there, get it covered with full good, get it in the fridge. I like to wrap it up as tight as possible. So when I'm wrap, when you know, when I'm doing my butts, I, I wrap them halfway through. That's part of my process. Well, I'll take them out of that full, let them cool down and get them wrapped back up in some new full. And I'm taking the juices that cooked out and putting that back in there with it. But that's a big thing when you're reheating you're, you're going to steam that, that juice back up, and it's going to get back in that meat, and it's not going to be dry. That's, that's one thing you really want. You don't want, you don't want to dry meat when you, when you heat it back up. But you can take it and freeze it from there. <clears throat> Freezing from there, what I do is I use, I'll go find the, the large, extra-large Ziploc bags. Usually um, Kroger here locally, where I am right outside of Memphis, carries them, but you can find them you know, just about anywhere. Any big supermarket will have a big Ziploc bag and put it wrapped inside that Ziploc bag and get all the air out. It's as simple as that to freeze it. And when you're bringing this meat back, you need to take it out and let it thaw in the fridge. Don't let it sit out because, you know, there you go again. When you're thawing meat out, bacteria can grow and, you know, you can get contaminated. So make sure it's good and thawed in the fridge before you go to reheat it. And if possible, I like to reheat it on a smoker. I mean, there's nothing easier than taking that meat out, <clears throat> putting the aluminum foil back in a food service pan, letting it sit on a 225 smoker for about an hour, and then you can break it open, and it's ready to go. Now, what I'll also do is pull that foil back and add a little juice, a little apple juice or a little thinned-down barbecue sauce, maybe even some ham stock if I have some bones that I've cooked down. That's just something to add some more flavor to it. 
that's something that I do. Now, in a pinch, you know, you can use the oven. That's what I've done it a lot of times when I didn't wasn't able to fire the cooker up or I was somewhere that didn't have a smoker. I'll put it and do the same process, thaw it out, add a little moisture to it, put it in the oven. You know, you can turn the heat up to about 350 on an oven, and, you're, you know, your, your meat's ready to go in, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, it's it's almost as good. I wouldn't say, you know, it's not, a, it's, of course, it's not the the best bark that it would be when it come off your smoker the first time, but, it, it, you know, it's it's pretty close. And someone that's, you know, eating the barbecue is going to think that you really did stay up all night cooking it, and that's the important part. You want to serve a product like you're talking about that's fresh, you know. Malcolm, let me uh, ask you a quick question here because when we're talking about freezing, and I know I do this because I have one at my house, and maybe not everybody has one, but to me, if you're going to get into even backyard barbecuing, one of the staples, aside from a good cooker, good fuel source, good wood source for a smoke flavor, is you have to get a, uh, a food saver, some type of vacuum packer. It doesn't have to be commercial uh, commercial grade, but you know, food saver makes one. I have one. Um, if at all possible, when you're doing the freezing, wouldn't that be like the best way? Because then you're really getting all of the air out, and you can use those bags to actually. Uh, I don't want to go against, uh, you know, like bad religion here, but you can actually put them in, in pots of boiling water to to thaw them out and reheat them that way. That's exactly right. I have one too that I've been using here lately, and and it's a great. You know, not everybody has them. Um, I tell you what, I found a great deal online from the Food Saver brand. I think I bought the deluxe system they had for like a hundred bucks, and it come with enough bags to last me six months. But that's a you know, when I do the Food Saver, I like to package it up for smaller portions. So I can you can what you can do on a Food Saver is you can go ahead and pull the meat. You can put your sliced briskets in there, add some of the au jus to the package. You can put your uh, pulled meat in there, add some of your liquid back to it, and get it sealed up and freeze it. And, and, and man, it'll last well into a year. And then when you bring it back, it's as simple as boiling a pot of water and, you know, throwing the package in there, cutting the heat off, and letting it sit 15 to 20 minutes, and you're right back to the temperature you need to be to serve it. I'd highly recommend those. I mean, they, they're great for storing rub in. You know, when we make rub, if we have extra, we'll vacuum seal it if we're not going to use it for a little while. It just keeps everything fresh. I mean... I'm not I'm not working for food saver or anything, but they are a great tool. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. He's a pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team also. You can find out his website at uh, howtobbqright.com, which has uh, just tons of great information here right for Malcolm and uh, one of my uh, new favorite websites to check out because of all of the tricks and techniques here. Malcolm, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about specifically, because everybody's favorite barbecue inherently at least for the majority of people or what people think about when they're talking about barbecue is ribs. How do you get these from how you would normally have them on the weekend to four or five, six hours down the road, or perhaps even worse, a day or two down the road? What, what I do with ribs, you know, you, you can see my processes there on the website, but, but I'll take them through the smoke stage and then the wrap stage. And then how we would normally finish them when, when we get them to the tenderness, you know, we unwrap the full and when we get the tenderness we want, we usually go ahead and glaze them, say we're at a contest or, or we're cooking at home for someone, you know, we might want some dry. But what I do is I get them to the wrap stage and stop them. When you've got that tenderness, go ahead and pull them off, get that full vented, and get the juice off the ribs. And when they get completely cooled, you can take them and wrap them back up in fresh full, just like you would when you were going to wrap them for the smoker. And then if you have a vacuum saver, you can make a bag and it, slip them right in that bag and vacuum seal them, or you can just slide them back down in the Ziploc bags. As long as they're wrapped up good, they'll keep. But when you get ready to reheat them, that's where it's key. I, what I do is I take that foil and 
kind of make a little boat. I'll, I'll wrap them to where it'll fold back, and then I kind of pinch the sides around, and it mm-hmm. makes a little full boat that they sit in. And you can either put them on a cookie sheet in the oven and warm them back up for a little bit and, and put your glaze on them, or you can mop them and just go with a dry rub if you like them Memphis style. Or, but that's the easiest way. I mean, they do a lot better on the smoker, warming them back up that way at 225. Just put them in there straight out of the refrigerator wrapped up for about 30 minutes at 225 and then unwrap them and make your boat and then go to glazing them. And so you, you're right back to your ready ribs there to hour. So All right. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty quick process to get ribs that, you know, you, you would have normally took you five to six hours plus prep time. Yeah, ribs, uh, definitely a fan favorite, so appreciate that information. And then, of course, uh, one of the easiest things to make and have access to all the time is chicken. Uh, how do you want to attack that best way? That I mean, for me, you know, pieces of chicken, it's, it's hard to store those and get them back. I mean, I've done it. They're never, they're never the same quality as they are when they come off the smoker. But if, if you'll take your chicken, and what a lot of times I'll do at that point is serve what's called pulled chicken. And it's basically like pulled pork. You just take it off the bones, uh, work it up into pieces. You can chop it or you can just, you know, just pull it apart with your gloved hands and then mix some sauce with it. The sauce will add moisture, so when you're bringing it back up that way, it's going to be nice and hot and moist. But to, to get pieces back, it's real, it's real tough to do. That, chicken just doesn't have the shelf life. I mean... A larger cut, say for like a turkey breast, if you're doing a smoked turkey breast or, or even some whole chickens, you know, like a beer can style, I've held those in the fridge for a day or so and then brought them back in a pan with a little chicken broth and, you know, a little apple juice. But they just don't, they don't reheat. Chicken's one of the one of those foods that doesn't reheat well. I mean, it's, you know, if I have a lot of, a lot of times if I have excess chicken left over, we're making smoked chicken salad or something like that, you know, using it for gumbo because it's just, you're not going to get. It's not going to be as good as when it come off the grill. And, and you know, chicken cooks so fast. Usually, you know, if you're not doing a ton of it, you can do it pretty quick day of too. What about brisket? Is that going to be similar process than or as uh, you would do pork butts, or is there something different about that? I do brisket the same way. Um, I do like to make an au jus up and put in there with it. Um, and usually, I mean. I'll take the beef drippings that come out of the pan, cook them down a little, add a little Worcestershire to it, and season it back up. Just, get a good flavor in that in a pot on the stove or you know if you're out on a campsite you know one of those little propane stoves or something but I, I keep the brisket whole i don't go ahead and pre-slice it unless i'm going to put it in the food saver because the slices dry out so fast once you once you go ahead and cut that brisket but if you'll take that brisket and and vent it and get it cooled down and then get it wrapped back up tight i mean it's it's good to go a brisket will reheat just the same way in about an hour and then you can slice it and you know you have your juice ready to go slices go right in the juice and you're ready to serve malcolm reed joining us here uh, his website again uh, that we're talking about how to bbq so check that out uh, malcolm any other tips or uh, tricks as far as reheating barbecue that we didn't cover um I, you know i think that's that's pretty much well has it i mean it's it's not a real not a real tricks or anything but but what i'd always like to say you know when, you, when you're serving somebody food or something if you if you'll serve them with the warm sauce with it or you know, heat that heat that au jus up, or heat that stock, or whatever it is up that you're putting in there with it. It'll 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 just get you there a little faster instead of having to take that recovery time heating it from cold on the smoker or in the oven. Um, that's you know that's that's not really a trick. It's just something we always do, and I think it just turns out a better product in the end. But always use a warm sauce or a warm warm glaze. And I want to direct people over to Killer Hogs. 
uh, dot com to check out the barbecue rub that you guys are selling. Uh, you can find that killerhogs.com slash the BBQ rub dot HTML. For the people that haven't tried them out, Malcolm, give us a little idea of flavor profile. It looks like you might have a, a – are they two different sizes? Is that what it is? Yeah, well, actually, we're doing three. We've, we've okay. done an eight-ounce size and a 16-ounce size and then a three-pound competition pack. And it's geared more for the KCBS cook. Um, that's when I go to a contest, I take I take three pounds with me. And that's good for chicken, pork butt, ribs, and I even use it on brisket, too. Now, when I do brisket, I, I, I do like a pre-season rub. It's like I'm more of like a beef-based rub. But I like using the barbecue rub for color on the brisket. But but basically, you know, it's it's got your good salt, kosher salt in it, and it's got three different sugars in it. Um, I use an organic sugar and a turbinado along with some brown sugar. But then we pick up some different flavors in it. because I use some dried thyme and a little oregano, and then it's got your heat coming from some ancho chili powder and some white pepper and a little black pepper. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's some complex flavors, but they're all meant to jive together. And, we, you know, it took us years to make this rub. We were always looking for something that, that complemented whatever meat we were cooking, but not to cover the meat up. And, that was, and that, that's important when you're doing a, looking for a dry rub on any kind of meat. You want to let the meat shine through it, but you want to put flavors on it that's going to, you know, enhance it. And that's basically what this rub that we, me and Waylon came up with does. And we were just, you know, willing to share it with people. We have a lot of people asking for recipes for it and all that, and we decided we'd put it out there because we've had, you know, pretty positive response from it so far. There you go, and it's called The Barbecue Rub, and you can find it again, killerhogs.com slash the bbq rub dot html and again uh, the website we're talking about tonight is the other one how to bbq right dot com and uh, malcolm was telling us how to reheat barbecue malcolm always appreciate the time thanks for coming on tonight yeah greg anytime man i enjoy it and i sent some rub your way today i want you to check uh-huh. it out and tell me what you think man oh uh, you know i'll do that i appreciate it thanks so much all right, greg, all right take care Malcolm Reed, again, the website, howtobbqright.com, and the competition team, killerhogs.com. You can get there rough. Check it out. I got me some coming my way. Uh, again, quick reminder here as we wrap up the first hour about one of my favorite online retailers. Uh, he's a guy that has been on the show a number of times, got a very great personality. But look, let's be honest. When we're talking about online retailing, things can get sketchy in a hurry. You want to deal with somebody that is reputable. You want to deal with somebody that has inventory that isn't showing you a great price. And then when you actually place the order, it is on hold for the next eight or nine months. I mean, you don't want to deal with that. You want somebody that's got inventory. Hell, you might even want somebody that once you make that order on the Internet, just because you're super anal Jones, you want to drive to Shillington, Pennsylvania to see their brick-and-mortar place because you don't know if they're fly-by-night or not. Let me tell you something. Fred Bernardo, owner of Fred's Music and BBQ.com, is all of those things that I just said. Honest, reputably, has inventory, has a brick-and-mortar store in Shillington, Pennsylvania. I mean, what are the chances of that? And you can find everything that you want in the stores and online. He's got how-to videos online. He's answering your phone calls. He's answering your emails. It is one of... Uh, what are you talking about, Patio? He is one of the premier online retailers regardless. You want grills. You want cookers. You want smokers. You want rotisseries. You want uh, beer butt chicken stands. You want beer butt turkey stands. I think he makes his own beer butt turkey stand, for crying out loud. Not to mention all of that stuff that you know, you're know you going to outfit your cookers and grills with. He sells you those actual cookers and grills, too. They're huge on the big green egg. 
They have their own Egg Fest going on here uh, very shortly, the Mid-Atlantic Egg Fest, I believe it's called. But they have a whole house of experts over there, Fred being one of them. And he's very accessible, too. I mean, if you want to talk directly to Fred, just ask for Fred. If you want to talk to Toby, just ask for Toby. It doesn't matter. They're here to help you. And they also have that huge, successful line of barbecue rubs and barbecue sauces as well. He's got that tangy secret sauce. And it's got that nice little tang and good results so far on competition trails as well. The judges seem to be digging that sweet stuff. And uh, let me tell you something. Here's the secret in the sauce. It's because the secret uh, or it's because the secret sauce twang, they use the same spice block in the sauce that's actually in Smoking Guitars Player Original Rub. I mean, what could be more dynamic and brilliant than that, using the same spice block that you do in your rub as you do in your sauce? Well, guess what? Ding, ding. Fred thought of that and was like, hey, why don't I put the same flavor block in the sauce as I do with the rub? Well, okay, makes perfect sense to me. They're going to work well together, right? They're going to work well together because it's all the same stuff. It's melding together. It's winning. Winning? Also, he has hired a food scientist to come up with Tenderness B and Tenderness P, and those are going to be hitting the market very, very soon. So uh, you want to go to this website, fredsmusicandbbq.com. That's fredmusicandbbq.com. Or if you just happen to be strolling through or driving through or flying over Shillington, Pennsylvania, stop in and see the smoking guitar player himself. Tell him I sent you. He'll be happy to have you. He'll probably be feeding you. They cook all the time out there as well. you got the secret sauce, and you got the smoking guitar player's favorite rub. you got tenderness B and tenderness P, all this stuff, and it's coming from Fred's Music and BBQ.com. All right, we're going to wrap up right now and get ready for the second hour. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Oh, yeah, wait. I meant to mention this. Somebody asked for it. Get over here, microphone. Everybody take a look. Uh, Logan Hendrickson from Hot Grill on Grill Action sends me one of the best T-shirts ever, baby. Yeah. Hot Grill on Grill Action. This is like one of the last original T-shirts that you're going to get. They call it Hot Grill on Grill Action. As you can see here, you have one grill on top of another grill. Hot Grill on Grill Action. Yeah. Love it. Seriously. In my humble estimation, one of the best names ever for competition barbecue, uh, as heard here on the uh, on the show. One of the best ever. Hot grill on grill action, and uh, that's the way uh, they roll out there. And I want to thank Logan and all the other guys uh, from Team Hot Grill on Grill Action uh, for sending me the shirt. Just came in the mail today. Put it through the wash. And it's like super comfortable, and I believe they're not for sale. So if you're looking to get your own Hot Grill on Grill Action shirt, you're not going to get it. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to say about that. You're just out of luck. Get that big stuff out of here. All right. Uh, I'm looking for something else. Uh, you would recall, oh, man, I want to say maybe a month and a half ago, we had Fred Gross on from Mojo Bricks, and we're working out, whoa, no, almost killed the video stream there on accident. Um, we're going to be working out a special deal. Might run through like July 4th. So we really need to hammer out these details. But, I mean, we are seriously looking at one of the best deals ever for Centralites. How does 44 or 45% off 
of Mojo Bricks sound. Rave reviews going across the internet right now. I know uh, people personally that have tried Mojo Bricks, and they can't speak more highly than they are right now about Mojo Bricks. And we're talking serious discount here, folks. 44 to 45% off. We're looking at like four pounds of maple, four pounds of oak, 16 pounds of cherry. They would retail for somewhere like around $28. It will be yours for 15 bucks. You have another 17 bucks on shipping. So like for $32, you're going to get about 24 pounds of wood delivered to you in Mojo Bricks. I mean, that has to be huge, right? I don't know. But we're putting together the final, very final, touches on this deal for Barbecue Central listeners. So whether you're listening to the show live or whether you get it through the podcast or whatever, uh, you're going to go ahead and click a link uh, over on the Mojo Bricks website, which is M-O-J-O Bricks. Uh, you'll have the Barbecue Central Radio uh, Network logo up there. You'll click through that, and that should bring you to your own page and uh, get you that special deal. 24 pounds of wood delivered, maple, oak, and cherry, three of the most popular barbecue woods out there right now, as far as I know. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? So stay tuned uh, once we pull the trigger on that uh, for sure. Once I iron everything out with Fred, I'll let you know. That way you can immediately jump on it because it's not going to be running for a substantially long time. It's going to be running until the 4th of July, I believe. So matter of days. Uh, But look, you're going to save huge amounts of money. And that's the one thing that Central Lights love the most is saving huge amounts of money. Also, we're going to do a giveaway here at the end of the show. And uh, Kirk Moncrief has donated six bottles of rub and six bottles of sauce. And that is albuquerqueseasonings.com, A-B-L-U, Abluquerque, K-I-R-K-Y seasonings. So it's a little tricky on the spelling, but I think he's going uh, you know, for that niche. Albuquerqueseasoning.com is the website. Uh, you can buy it there if you want, or you can also go ahead and win it if you'd like tonight. It'll be a bottle of sauce, bottle of rub. Just got mine in the mail earlier in the week, uh, so it is in the queue for me to try next time I make some barbecue. And stupid job really prohibits me from doing that, by the way. Uh, Scott Roberts reviewed it, and he gave it four and a half spicy hearts. Uh, of course, Scott rates out of five, so four and a half spicy hearts is very good. And uh, you can find that on uh, Scott Roberts' website. You can also find it on the AlbuquerqueSeasonings.com uh, blog as well, Scott's review. So it is uh, very good. The barbecue rub is a blend of New Mexico red chili and 15 other spices for a truly unique southwestern flavor. I bet Bobby Flay would love it. Uh, The barbecue sauce is ketchup-based with a balance of sweet, tangy, and spice. Spice comes from the barbecue rub that is mixed into the sauce. See, here's another guy that realizes having a nice uh, spice block with your sauce. Pair them together for Albuquerque taste experience. You're going to be getting your chance... You're going to be getting your chance a little bit later this evening for that. Let me keep that here handy so I can reference that when I'm talking about all the cool stuff. All right, let's go ahead and do After Dark here. Hold your panties. Hi, this is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my head, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? 
<laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wieners. But listen, Laverne, you shake your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we're in the post-dark segment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Post-dark. All right. Three minutes past the hour. Uh, In case you missed uh, the first hour, or perhaps I should let you in on a little secret here, folks. Is this thing on? If you miss any portion of the live show, and there's hundreds of people watching right now, but if you miss any portion of the live show, you can do yourself a favor here, okay? You can go ahead and find any interview I've ever done on any show, live or all the way like 28 years ago when I was just doing podcasts. In the archives, you can find it on iTunes. You search uh, the Barbecue Central Radio Show. You can also uh, email me, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com if you don't have iTunes or perhaps you don't like iTunes, uh, but you have some type of podcast aggregator. Uh, uh-oh. What? Am I not getting... Oh, I see what's happening here. I hate when I get uh, lost in the chat. Damn it. Damn it, Chadley. Screwed with me again. This is why the car... Never mind. Uh, so here, the... Uh, you can go... If, if you have a, like a podcast aggregator... One of my favorite podcast aggregators, by the way, is this thing called Juice or Juice Platform... And email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and just say, hey, I want the uh, XML address, and I'll send it to you. I, if I said it now, it would blow your mind, and you wouldn't be able to remember it. And you will be able to put that in once you download Juice on your computer, and every time you run it, it'll check to see if the show is updated. And, of course, as you know, uh, by midnight uh, tonight, the show will be updated. Uh, so when it runs in the morning on Wednesdays, so you can get your fresh Barbecue Central show. Juice will find the new show, download it right to your computer, and you can transfer it over to your MP3 player or to your phone or however it is you do it. Juice is absolutely fabulous, especially if you don't like to inter- uh, interface with iTunes. Uh, you can also go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage, which is thebbqcentralshow.com slash archives.html, or you can just go to the homepage and you know twiddle through there yourself. You will find every single archived show through 2010. So it starts at 2010 and is going all the way uh, up to this year. You can listen to it in a flash player right on the site if you want to at your work, or you can download it to your machine. You have uh, two options, so there you go. And uh, if so uh, keep in mind, if you, if you, and I'm not saying all of you do, but if for some strange reason you miss some portion of the show, or which is probably more likely the case, if you want to go back and listen to one of the awesome interviews I've done, Again, because uh, you didn't get all of the awesomeness the first time around. Because this show can be like a great, funny movie. You watch it once, you laugh your ass off. You watch it again, and you're like, oh, I didn't even see that the first time. You, you listen to it again, and there's something else that you didn't hear uh, that you didn't, uh, you didn't hear the first two times. It's like the gift that keeps on giving is the Barbie Central Radio Show. And I put a lot of time and effort into the show. Let me be honest. 
eight, ten hours a week into a two-hour show, all right? And do yourself a favor. If you don't like, the, if you don't like this show because you don't like me or you don't like the fact that I try and make a very professional show or professional-sounding show, do yourself a very quick favor. Just Google any other barbecue radio show that's out there on any other format and just listen. You'll be there for roughly 38 seconds. You will eject and realize that this is the premier barbecue radio show out there on any kind of radio right now. I dare you to find something else that is better. I will put them to shame. All of them are my enemies, and I am here to win. All right, here we go. We're going to try a new segment here tonight. And uh, this is either going to go over very well or it is going to go over very poorly. Just another reason... I'm constantly pushing the envelope. I'm trying to broaden the scope of horizons here. I'm not going to sit here and think for one second that the barbecue people out there, I'm not going to pigeonhole you, barbecuers. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to say that you're a bunch of good old boys stuck in your little brown box and you have no idea what technology is and you have no idea what everything else is and you're just going to sit there and use lump charcoal and offset cookers the rest of your life. I don't believe that's the case. I believe we are on the cusp of technology here and we need to have a segment on the show that is going to be talking about freaking technology and this is the one that's going to do it. We're going to kick it off tonight. We're going to go to an expert in the technology field, especially when it comes to telephones. First timer to the show, Carlos Lara. Carlos, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Carlos. Thanks for asking, and I wanted to thank you personally for taking time out for the show because this is a debut segment of the show. I mean, this isn't like we're going to be talking about injecting pork butts and uh, slapping meat around and hot dog willy. Uh, we're going in a completely different zone, but as I was kind of talking up here leading in your introduction, I think barbecue people on the whole are given a bad rap that they don't really have the technology behind them. They're resistant to technology. And one of the biggest things of technology out there right now is phones. And we happen to be in that phone business a little bit uh, during the day. And certainly you're one of the leading experts out there on the Internet right now. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and this is going to be a hard segment just to kind of open up and get into, but uh, I figured we would try it like this. There's a phone out there right now that is hitting the market. It's been out a couple weeks now that you've been kind of messing around with, much to my surprise, because you got it. It's called the HP Veer. And uh, for those that don't know it, it used to be uh, Palm, uh, but HP bought Palm and the operating system. So if you could, give me a little bit of a breakdown about, A, the phone. Uh, and these are all smartphones that we're going to be talking about, by the way. And if you don't know what that means, just Google it. Uh, but give me a breakdown about the HP Veer. You know, what do you like? What don't you like about it? Uh, how it fits in your hand? You know, all the stuff that people would want to hear about, you know, whether it be from a blog or from some other expert on what's good and bad about the phone. All right, Greg. Well, first of all, the, um, at first sight of the, the phone might look a little funny, might look that it's made for a kid. Uh, but after you start using it, it really becomes more of a regular smartphone. The phone, it, it is a little bit smaller on size, but the software is actually probably one of the better softwares in the market right now. Now, now it's the, very, go ahead. The, the it's H- very similar to the, uh, the HP Veer. All of the uh, other iPhones. It is going to look like uh, it is going to look like a, like a, the predecessor called Palm. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean it's very very tiny, and and honestly, compared to an iPhone, it's very similar in software, touchscreen. Just it seems like it's made more for a kid. 
because of the size of the phone than anything else. If it's your first smartphone, I would not go to it because uh, you're probably going to hate technology for the rest of your life. <laughs> hate it for the rest of your life. Wow. Or, or at least the two years that you're signing up for contract. Uh, it's a WebOS software. So, I mean, as it relates to some of the other operating systems we're going to talk about here tonight, is it uh, overly user-friendly? Is it overly not user-friendly? What do you think? I'll probably say it's probably one of the easiest phones to use in the market. Uh, if you if you ever touch a touchscreen computer, you'll probably be able to pick it up. It has goods in mind, good and bad things in the phone. Uh, it's very user-friendly, but the keyboard might be one of the worst keyboards in the market. It, it's very, very small. Now, it's pretty quick uh, for your average user, but still the keyboard is, and the size of it is what probably gets you the most. So a lot of the things that people are doing with smartphones now, they're emailing, they're doing all sorts of social networking. I mean, I'm blowing up, um, sending Twitter bombs and doing Facebook posts, you know, 50 times a day. I'm checking emails, I'm text messaging. So obviously, from what you're saying, the keyboard is uh, kind of small, which for me means not very good because I have very meaty thumbs, you know, very big ham hands. Uh, So... This could potentially fall into a niche for children. Uh, obviously, kids growing up these days are a lot more technically savvy than uh, at least I was when I was growing up because we didn't even have these things when I was growing up. Um, you're a little younger than me. Uh, do you see the phone being a success even in a niche area, or is this ultimately going to be an HP fail? Honestly, they didn't change much from the old uh, Palm phone, so honestly, I don't see them doing very well on this device. It's probably going to lower on price very quickly and get off the market very quickly. I mean, for the price, you can get many other devices that are going to do so much more, and you're going to be more comfortable and satisfied with the product for the next two years. Is a web operating system supporting Flash? I mean, could they, uh, users of uh, the HPVR, see me on live video feed on OutdoorCookingChannel.com right now? They cannot. That's one of the downfalls. Is that something that uh, at least uh, have you, I'm sure you've talked to the rep. Uh, is that something they might be adding at some point, or do you not have any information on that? Honestly, the, uh, from what I get from the rep, uh, it's probably going to come more on their tablet than on their cell phones. I don't see them coming on this style of phone anytime soon. Um, they're coming out with a tablet, and I see the software working better with the tablet than with this device. All right. One of the things that people want more and more is the ability to just do everything on their freaking phone. I mean, short of, uh, you know, betting down the wife and giving her the wood with your phone, they want to do everything else with it. And watching video was one of them. And one of the things or, or the knocks against, or for some reason, Steve Jobs hates Flash. I mean, he is like, uh, thinks Flash is the devil and uh, he is going to save the world from Flash and he's doing all this HTML5. So the phones that are available on the market today that would have the ability to connect into the Barbecue Central show live video feed, is there anything out there right now that can do that? Well, all the Android devices will be able to do it. Um, Motorola Atrix, um, a lot of the Samsung Infuse, uh, Galaxy uh, series. Those probably be the best ones to be able to watch any flash videos on your phone. Now, compared to the Veer. The Veer has support for certain Flash games or videos, but because of the size of the screen, it won't let you watch it specifically all of the videos that you can get from, let's say, all their online uh, shows or your show, for example. The, the screen is too small for, for it to actually view compatibility to other devices. Now, if you plan to watch just videos from Flash, you know, Motorola is probably one of the better ones for that specific scenario. Uh, the Motorola Atrix is probably the closest thing you can get to a regular 
you know, computer experience right on your phone. Carlos Lara joining us here on the show, uh, doing tech talk with Carlos, uh, going over some uh, new phones that are out there on the market. He just gave us an in-depth uh, HP view. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, Carlos, where are you going to rate HP? Well, I'd probably say um, at six point five, just because it's very easy to use, but it's still, you know, it's way behind on with the competitors. It's they came out a little too late on this uh, the smartphone race. One of the things that it seems to be very popular with smartphone users are these apps and availability to you know tens and hundreds of thousands of apps. Where does the HP fall in the ability or the availability of apps? You know, that's one of the main things that people really enjoy about their phones. Uh, and we all know that Apple and uh, and Google probably have the best markets in the on the you know the best app store in the market right now. I honestly would say that with Windows. Coming up close, a third, BlackBerry and uh, Palm are probably the worst ones. They don't have no more than probably two to 3,000 applications at the most on their markets. And applications that you wouldn't use on your regular basis. So it's kind of a waste and, uh, again, a little too late for them to come up with a marketplace. If they would merge with uh, Google or Android, the marketplace, kind of like BlackBerry is doing with the playbook, that will come in handy more for them. All right, so uh, let's uh, steer away specifically from the HP Veer, and we'll talk about you know three of the most uh, popular operating systems right now, or at least two of the most popular, one that uh, entered in last September. So we'll talk about iOS, which, of course, is Apple, and you have Android, which is made by Google, and then uh, Windows 7 uh, has some phones that are hitting the market now uh, and a couple more hitting here soon. Uh, so we have Apple operating system. It's iOS. It's been time-tested. I think uh, the, the 5 is going to be released at some point in the fall this year, uh, people were foaming at the mouth for the new 5, and it seemed especially those that had the first generation or that 3 were coming uh, termed on their contract, and they were put in a position where they're like, oh, shit, should I hold on to the 3 a little bit longer until the 5 is released because the 5 might be an LTE phone, uh, or I want to at least see what it looks like, see what the price point is going to be. The 4 has actually been performing very well ever since the wiring issue had been taken care of last September. And then, of course, at least in AT&T stores, you also have that 3GS option for $49, which is a huge QPR for me, which is quality price ratio. It's an 8-gig phone, has access to everything else that the, uh, the 4 does, aside from internal structures and, uh, and the uh, processor and all those. I mean, they're definitely different phones, the 3GS and the 4 for sure. Uh, but as far as offerings, what do you think makes the Apple iPhone so successful? I mean, everybody has heard about it. Everybody who's tried one has loved it in some form or fashion, whether it be because of the accuracy of the keyboard or the apps. I mean, what makes it such a uh, force to be reckoned with in the smartphone industry? Honestly, it's the simplicity of the phone. That's what makes this software, this device, the best devices in the market right now. Um, anybody from a very young age, 10-year-old, all the way up to an 80-year-old can pick up the phone and start using it. Uh, it's not very intimidating. It's very simple, basic um, market, like you were saying earlier. The market is the biggest market right now. And you can get any application you want. Uh, you see people with all this talking about apps, games, business applications. The Apple iOS devices do it best than anybody, and uh, everybody's trying to catch up to them because so far they're the ones leading the pack right now. So... Catching up to them, obviously, is Android. Uh, I mean, I can only go off of what I see on a daily basis. I'm in an AT&T store, but as I look at uh, competitors' TV commercials, Android is making a huge push into all 
phone departments, trying to get a number of devices out there. I mean, you're getting one device from Apple a year, at least over the last four years. Uh, Here you're getting a number of devices in the course of a year uh, for Android. How do you think Android is doing since inception, uh, and they've been making adjustments to the phone, to the operating system, they have a couple upgrades? I mean, they seem to be very popular, and at least in my opinion, as someone who has had Android devices for the majority of their smartphone career, although I've had uh, iOS experience for about three and a half weeks with a 3GS, they might get a bad rap. They might be misconstrued as being too complicated, but perhaps that isn't the case. All right, well, honestly, the, again, like I was telling you, the iPhone, the easiest one to use. Now, if you're comfortable with the smartphone, all of the Android phones are very easy to use after a couple of days of you playing around with them. They give you a lot more um, ability to customize the phone to your needs. And there are so many options or so many different styles that you can do, you know, bigger screen, smaller screen, keyboard, non-keyboard. That you have a bigger variety of phones for you to be able to decide and pick the right phone for the next two years. Uh, being a, The market is one of the bigger things on the Android devices that is open source. And you can pretty much find any application compared to Apple that they might block some applications that they might not find too useful for the devices. Well, Google is open source and anybody else can use it. And the ability to have multiple carriers that you know, that carry the same device, the same operating system with multiple devices makes it so much easier for the customer to have a, a choice on what device and what carrier uh, and how much they really want to spend on the device that they're going to carry for the next two years. Now, uh- I love Android devices. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I've been a big fan for a long time. Uh, I think that uh, people get intimidated because you have the ability to customize the phone uh, so much. Is it almost easier to try another smartphone? Uh, and maybe it's different. Oh, we should look at demographics. If you know, I guess I'm considered old at this point. I'm 36, uh, and obviously I'm not getting any younger every year. But if you're my age or older, is it almost better to start out with an iPhone first in order to get your feet under you and then go into an Android device? Or do you think that there's a certain or, or a better percentage of people that if you start with that iPhone, you're going to get those blinders and everything else is going to be dead weight to you when you come to renew? Well, honestly, like you were just saying, you know, there's different uh, different sides of different people that like uh, different, different phones. For example, you know, you have your business that they prefer their Blackberries. Uh, for some users, always prefer an iPhone because of simplicity. Um, now, I would honestly say teenagers, everybody that's big on the social networking will love an, uh, an iOS device, an iPhone. Now, if you're more into gadgets, uh, if you're in your you know, mid-20s, late, you know, mid, early 30s, Android is probably the best thing for you. Um, because you got, it's more of a professional phone, not more of a, of a toy or of a, you know, a teenager phone. And, of course, you know, Windows devices, um, everybody's very familiar with Windows, so... Once you can use a computer, you can use the phone pretty, you know, pretty easily without any problem. Now, again, Blackberries they get some love too because of the business aspect. They're probably the best phone just for that specific aspect. But that's all they have going on for them. Now, one of the new players into the smartphone game that came out last September was Windows Seven. There are, I believe, four AT and T devices right now. You have the Quantum, you have the Focus. Uh, you have the surround, and then uh, uh, there's a new one from HTC, which has no fancy name. It's like the SD748-2147 uh, hike, hike, red, left, right. Uh, but it, it looks more like an HTC Inspire, which is an Android-based phone, at least that type of a screen size. What do you think about the Windows 7 just as a whole? Uh, I had one for about three months, 
And, you know, what it did, it did well, but it seemed to be entering in the market already having like a foot cut off as far as what it was able to do and the ability to customize. I mean, you're right on that completely. Um, it's very simple, very easy to use in the, for, you know, your average user. Again, there's a lot of things that were missing on the phone or the software when it first came out. They've been announcing an update for a few months and just still, you know, hasn't been there. Now, compared to old Windows devices, definitely the best. Yeah. Anybody that has a phone, a Windows phone before, they can tell you they hate a phone. They hate a Windows device. Now, it's a good phone, don't get me wrong. But if you're going to pick up a smartphone, your first choice is going to be an Android or an iPhone. Uh, Windows devices is, you know, your third option, depending on the price, on the way that display. And if you, you know, don't want to be mainstream and don't want to go with an iPhone, you know, iDevice or an Android. But that's pretty much it. They, they will do that. Everything they're supposed to do, it does it well. Nothing above and beyond. Um, emails, calendars, simplicity. That's pretty much where it is. Uh, the market is growing very, very fast, but not as fast as an Android or an iDevice. Carlos Lara joining us here on the show, talking a little tech for us, especially on the phones. Uh, Carlos, one of the other things that seem to be growing in popularity, aside from phones or tablets, you have iPads, you have the Galaxy tablet, you have uh, Blackberry is coming out with one, Motorola has one as well. Are these just kind of a fad, or do you think that these might, in some point, uh, overtake the laptop computer? Honestly, for price and what the people are using the tablets for, um, tablets are becoming really strong. You know, they might be the next and that uh, the, the best-selling point on the Christmas season. People, everybody's going to want a uh, tablet, whether it's a iDevice again or a uh, Android device for a tablet. They're the most popular ones right now. They have the best battery life, the price, uh, and being able to take it with you anywhere. That's what people love. People love the fact that they can throw in the book bag without having to worry about carrying a charger for their phones, for their laptops, for everything. They can have everything in one device. Um, honestly, this is probably the hottest thing right now in the market, and I can see you only keep growing at, you know, at the same time that the smartphones are growing. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm an old fuddy-duddy here, and I understand what you're saying as far as being able to throw it in a bag and not have to carry the charger and a lot of stuff because battery life is phenomenal on these things. But you, you can't always do what you can do on a laptop computer or, for that instance, a netbook. I mean, I can make an argument for a netbook all day long over an iPad. Uh, they're, they're limited to a certain degree, the tablets, though, right? Oh, definitely, um there's so many, so much that you can do on a tablet, and I mean, you're always going to require to have a desktop or a laptop. Uh, a lot of the people that use this are for mainly for travels, uh, for your everyday user that's going to, you know, maybe a mom grocery shopping or helping, you know, keeping with the calendar. It's never really going to replace a laptop or a desktop. Uh, but the ability that you don't have to carry a, you know, if you don't have a laptop, if you only have a desktop, like on my scenario, I don't have a laptop with me, only have my, my iPad or my desktop, you know, it's not really easy for me to carry my desktop around. I can just carry <laughs> my iPad um, or my smartphone with me. It's so much easier. And, you know, people can just use it anywhere without having to wait, you know, 10 minutes for the computer to turn on, can pick it up, use it, put it down. Um, and you don't have to have it plugged in all the time, you know. You don't, you're not going to worry about you know, different parts of your desktop, you know, breaking. It's one device, and it's overall, it's, you know, a lot faster than a lot of people, and it's not as hard as people think it is to, to get one and to use one. Carlos Lara joining us here on the show. Carlos, before I let you go, anything that you've, I mean, obviously you're visiting all of the websites and you're always up on the tech and what might be coming out, what might be changing, this and that. Uh, anything that you can let us in on as far as what you think might be interesting coming here down the road? Well, honestly, there will be, a, you know, a huge uh, 
sell on the iPhones coming up soon, uh, especially with the new iPhone coming out uh, later on this fall. Um, I can see the iPhone 4 going on sale pretty quickly. Um, same with the 3GS. I don't know if the 3GS will be on the market for very long, especially with the sale price of $49. I could see you know going down. And as I know that Verizon and AT&T with both will drop it, drop their prices on the iPhone 4. If you're looking into getting to a smartphone, definitely look into the next couple of weeks or even a month when the prices will start lowering. And uh, you'll be able to pick one up for you know maybe half of the price or a little bit more than that. Um, or if you're uh, you know a gotcha person, definitely wait till the new device that comes out. Um, you know the rumors are early September. That's when the the new device will come up with the new software, and you know you'll be uh, on top of the game for the next two years. All right. So with the new software coming out for that uh, iPhone, I must say that I was completely astounded that in the close of 2011, at least in AT and T stores, we're going to have somewhat uh, somewhere around the neighborhood of like 20. 4G phones available for people to choose from, and not one of them, not one of them is going to be an iPhone. Do you think that that was a big mistake on Apple's part? Honestly, Apple is always waiting for somebody else to mess up before they can uh, come up with a new device. Um, They're trying to see how the market is going to work. They're always waiting a little bit longer, and it seems to work for them. Everybody seems to love their, their Apple products, no matter if they come a year later or a month later. Now, I can see them waiting to make sure that the network is completely available everywhere in the States before you know they start mass-producing this uh, phone that it might not even, not even be available in certain cities. You know, They have Verizon, uh, AT&T, they all have 4G phones, but you know the 4G signal is not available everywhere. So for Apple, that's kind of a waste of time for them to come up with a very expensive phone that you know maybe 25 to 30 percent of the population is going to be able to use it well they can wait you know maybe another eight to ten months and come out with a new device that's going to be be able to use for you know 80 to 90 percent of the population all right so what are some of the biggest changes that people are going to notice uh going from let's say 433 to you know the, the 5.0 software well um being able to stream uh, all of your media files music video pictures um, right from your computer to any of the devices that you have. Uh, you don't have to even store everything on your phone. You can easily just stream it like we're streaming you know, your video or anything. You can save your video on that computer and then just watch it from your phone anywhere. That will be one of the main things. Uh, you don't have to put so much on your phone anymore. Uh, it's going to be a lot faster. Being able to sync your emails, your calendars, pretty much everything into one location so you, don't, you, know, you and your wife um, don't have to, you know, keep calling each other and check the calendar, uh, the speed on it, that will probably be one of the main things uh, that people are looking at, the speed of the of the streaming devices. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm looking at the most without having to put a thousand songs on my phone. I can just stream it just like I would from you know iTunes or from YouTube or anything like that. Hmm. Sounds very interesting. Uh, Carlos, they're joining us here on the show for the debut of Tech Talk with Carlos, we covered the HP Veer in depth. We talked about the differences between iOS, Android, uh, Windows 7 operating system. We really didn't talk about BlackBerry too much because they're dying a slow death. Uh, then we got in a little bit of the tablets and then finishing up with the new operating system uh, that the iDevices are going to have. Uh, I think pretty much a success. A lot of good uh, instant feedback here. Uh, so, Carlos, I certainly appreciate you making the time tonight, and uh, we'll look for you again next month. Take it easy, Greg. All right. Take care. There he is, Carlos. Tech Talk with Carlos. All right, all right, go ahead. Rate it. Good segment, bad segment. Get that big stuff out of here. I understand it's not for everybody. But why not? Why not? 
make just one little portion, even in the second hour. It's not like it was in the, the you know the main meat of the show. I hate when I pun the show like that, uh, but. You know, Carlos is a guy that is an expert in the industry, that he's always got his finger on the pulse of what's happening, and uh, aside from the very funny Guatemalan accent that he has, uh, is able to really break it down into the simplest terms. Uh, People are buying phones, at least from my estimation, you know, when I have somebody that's coming in to upgrade out of a phone, and, uh, you know, one one of the people is like, well, you know, I have this flip phone, but my friend told me to go buy an iPhone. Well, what does your friend know? What do you want to do with the phone? That's going to be like my biggest advice that I have for you is the fact that if you're going to go upgrade a phone, it's always obviously good to pick the brain of people that have a smartphone, see what they like about it, see what they don't like about it. But you have to take in these things into account. What phone do you have now? And is it servicing your needs? You don't have to get a smartphone because Inevitably, regardless of what carrier you're going with, you're going to have to incur an extra charge. That's called data access. Some people have unlimited, uh, like Verizon still has unlimited. AT&T doesn't have unlimited anymore, but you have two options. You have a $15 option and a $25 option. One gets you uh, 200 megabytes of data for the month. The other gets you two gigabytes, which is roughly unlimited when you think about it. Just 3% of the population right now in the country will go over uh, two gigabytes, but really that's... That's a lot. Uh, So you're probably watching a lot of porn if you're going over two gigabytes. Uh, But if you're not going to use two gigabytes of information, if you're not going to use 200 megabytes of information, or if you're like, well, I'll just get it because people tell me to, you're going to be spending all of that money for data access you might not be using. So why would you do that? I mean, if you're not text messaging anybody, why would you get a text messaging phone? Get a flip phone. They still make them. There's only like three or four to choose from, at least in my store. But they still make them for crying out loud. Don't get into something just because somebody else has one. It's ridiculous. I mean, you can give me 25 bucks a month for the next two years. You'll get more out of it. I'll give you more entertainment, and I'll give you more value and all that other stuff. All right. uh, Thanks again to Carlos. All right, uh, this past weekend, actually, let's go ahead and get a winner right now. We have Albuquerque Seasonings. AlbuquerqueSeasonings.com is the website. So if you want to try a bottle of rub and sauce, uh, just go ahead and dial right in, 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433 is the number to call. And you can get a bottle of rub and a bottle of sauce. Once again, for review, the rub is a blend of New Mexico red chili and 15 other spices for a truly unique Southwest flavor. And the barbecue sauce is ketchup-based with a balance of sweet, tangy spice. And the spice comes from the barbecue rub that is mixed into the sauce. Pair them together for Albuquerque taste experience, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. All right, let's uh, go to area code 801, uh, Barbecue Central Radio Show, name and where you're calling from. Uh, my name's Curtis Nations, calling from Roy, Utah. Curtis! How are you, buddy? Good, doing good. Good. Uh, Curtis, you interested in trying uh, one each of a bottle of rub and sauce from Albuquerque Seasonings, uh, which you can find at albuquerqueseasonings.com. Very interested. All right. Well, all you have to do, Curtis, is send me your shipping info and email that to me, greg 
at the BBQ Central Show dot com. I will forward that off to Kirk and he'll get it right out to you. All right, thank you. All right, thanks for calling in tonight. That's Curtis. He is the lucky recipient of the AlbuquerqueSeasonings.com Spice and Rub. Again, finalizing Mojo Bricks. Can't wait for that. Anything that borders on near half off, I get very excited about. Just like uh, probably this, 35% off uh, at com. Who, If you're not jumping on that deal, are you... Why? Do you hate watches? Also, drum roll here, drum roll here. Working on signing a new sponsor to the show that I can't tell you about right now. <laughs> it's going to be big, though. One of the biggest players in the competition scene is getting ready to come on board starting next month. Believe me, you've all heard about this company. You know, especially if you compete, you probably know people that are using this product right now and winning with this product right now. And they're going to jump on board the sponsorship train of the Barbecue Central show. Uh, if you didn't win the AlbuquerqueSeasonings.com, don't worry. We have five more weeks now to give this stuff away as well. So uh, tune in next week for your chance to win the AlbuquerqueSeasonings.com new prize giveaway. We should have the Mojo Bricks things covered as well. Uh, let me go to this. Now, one of my dears... Marilyn Mayer, who is the co-host of Hot Sauce Weekly. By the way, Hot Sauce Weekly just happens to be a show that airs right on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. It's a podcast. It's typically put out every week, uh, although sometimes the podcast uh, schedules are hard to keep by. That's why uh, you would be continually amazed that I am able to come here almost each and every week and put on a live show, for crying out loud let alone a podcast that's pre-recorded to meet your uh, time schedule. But I make the effort to uh, chat with you folks each and every week here live. It's outrageous. Uh, but these guys put a great podcast out each and every week almost about hot sauce and everything that has to do with hot sauce. And they have the uh, top makers in the industry, and they uh, travel to a number of hot sauce events. There's a lot of hot sauce events. Just like people that don't know that there's barbecue competitions going on and that there's this whole industry and business that we discuss each and every week. Same thing for hot sauce. We have Scott Roberts on from time to time who does the sauce and rub reviews, but he's a big chili head and he's out in all these different areas and Brian and Marilyn Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly, are all out at these things too. So uh, hot sauce is certainly its own industry and it's always fun to kind of have them around because inherently the hot sauce guys and the barbecue guys kind of come together on a lot of different things. There's a lot of common ground there that we seem to meet up on. And Brian and Marilyn put out a very great show. Uh, they've been nicknamed the NPR show of BCRN because they have a, a very unique sound to their show, very uh, low-key, very easy to listen to, definitely. And they were down at the Swine-tastic event, which I believe was in Maryland this past weekend, and they caught up with pitmaster Brian Dodd from Who's Smoking. Now, you'll know the name Dodd because Kelly Dodd is Brian's daughter, and she is my embedded reporter who is actually going to be covering embedded at the uh, D.C. Washington, uh, the Washington, D.C. Barbecue Battle Beltway or whatever the hell they call it now, which I'll not be able to attend. But she's going to get uh, interviews from top teams out there and uh, hopefully the winner of the team as well. 
Uh, but that is Brian's daughter. And uh, tonight, I'm going to be airing an interview that took place, I uh, believe, on Saturday after Brian got his turn-ins done. And uh, the table's turned. Now he's being interviewed, finally, by Marilyn Mayer, who was down there just kind of checking the event out. And she was gracious enough to get this interview. So sit back and relax for the next four minutes and listen to Marilyn Mayer interview Brian Dodd from Who's Smoking, get a first-hander's account of how that whole weekend went for him. This is Marilyn Mayer from Hot Sauce Daily and Hot Sauce Weekly, um, here with Brian Dodd of Who's Smokin'. Hey, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot. Uh, I was asked to come see you by Greg Remby at the BBQ Central Radio Show, and of course, as we know, you're very <coughs> friends of his. And, uh, <laughs> the park. Yes, uh, he was very generous and allowed Kelly to do uh, some interviews last year at competitions. Uh, she did Pork in the Park and uh, the D.C. Safeway Barbecue Battle. So it was really, really a lot of fun. So yeah. she's hoping to do some more this year, too. Yeah, she's a lovely girl, lovely oh, girl. Thanks. The better half of your team, would you say? Oh, yes, yes. I'm definitely missing her this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, so. we'll give her our best, please. I sure will. Um, how did your prep go last night? I know we had some storms and weather changes coming through. Uh, it was very crazy. Um, luckily, I was I was batting down pretty well, but I guess pretty big storm hit about five o'clock right when I was trimming up my brisket, and I mean it was hail and I mean really big winds and it was I've never been outside in a in a storm that severe before, so it's a little unnerving. Yeah, I had everything uh, everything was pretty well strained and all the straps holding the tents down and everything. And then uh, last night, I don't know about. 4 a.m. We had another thunderstorm roll through, so uh, I was I had my uh, pork and my brisket going and uh, cooled my smoker down about 40 degrees. So I was oh kind of gosh. up and scrambling with that. So uh, now, what, do you have any help with that monitoring, or are you just like over up every hour checking it? Or um, actually, I do have help in the form of a barbecue guru. Yay. So <laughs> I, I'll throw a little plug for them. It's been great. I've got the. Uh, I run the, the upright drum smokers or the ugly drum smokers, and then I have the guru that runs two of those. Awesome. And so it, it, it's the only way I can get any sleep. And so, uh, you know, I can monitor the temperature of the pit and then the food, and so I, I can get a little bit of rest. But I'm still up several times a night checking on things. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a dad with a newborn baby. you got to make sure everything's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like and and I, I love the drums, but... They never cook the same way twice, so it's it's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, and you're really not exposed to a lot of breeze here where you are between the trees and everybody all around you and stuff. You've got to, to deal with that factor, too, of not having the, the air flow through. Right, right. And so uh, one, of the, one of the drums I run manually just with uh, the valves, and then the other two are on the Guru. So the Guru, you know, the fan works great, but you're yeah, right, with uh, the other one, air flow is important. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about your turn-ins today? They're, they're already been done. We started at, what, 12 o'clock today with the turn-ins with chicken? Yeah, chicken at 12 and then everything else every half hour. Um, surprisingly, I felt okay. Usually, I'm about this time of day, I'm very morose, and this is my last competition, and, you know, and, and then, you know, it works out okay, and, you know, maybe I'll get a call or two, and, and then I'm ready to go again, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, eerily enough, I feel okay about my turn-ins. I wasn't crazy about my pork presentation. I was happy with the way it turned out, but I just, uh, it's its hard being by yourself. I really miss, this is when I miss Kelly, because she does all the garnishing, she arranges the boxes, she runs the boxes, and uh, one so one-man show, that's where it really uh, comes into play, that and, and loading and unloading. Yeah, well, I can help you with that next competition. 
competition. If she's not there, you give me a call, and when I'm covering it, I'll stop by and, you know, cover your stuff for you. Uh-oh. That sounds good. Try your pork. All right. Well, I sure appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today, and good luck to you. Thanks very much. I'm seeing your name called this evening. Okay, appreciate it. There you go. Marilyn Mayer, thank you very much. understand that uh, from some of you guys that it was hard to hear Marilyn. I didn't uh, – I, I actually – oh, boy. I actually sound-checked the file that she sent me on uh, my phone. So on my phone, it sounded fine. But both of them were coming over. As soon as I put my earphones on and started playing that tape and she was coming out of my right ear, uh, had a very – Bad feeling that uh, she might not be coming across. She wasn't really bumping the meter too much. But that was my fault. It's not her fault. Uh, but uh, Brian came across uh, very well, from what I understand. So, uh, you know, that's important. Obviously, she was asking the questions, but uh, he's the one providing the answers and giving insight as to how we got. And like I said, he got a call that weekend, too. So, you know, if you're out there and you're uh, somebody that uh, does compete uh, during the course of a weekend, and he doesn't do an extensive amount of competitions by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but he is out there and is, uh, you know, looking to continually make the best barbecue that he can make. And uh, that's really all uh, all of you guys. It's what you want to do, right? You, you want to make the best barbecue. But you want to get called. At least I would, which is why I don't compete. Because I know if the, the first time I competed, I would not uh, get any calls. And if I'm going to spend that kind of a money... I better at least get one call, uh, let alone win a reserve grand champion, so I get all my money back. Uh, what can I say? I'm very competitive. So if I can go in right away and win, then I might have a little bit of an issue with continuing to compete if I can't win. Maybe I would do it like once and just chalk it up to a learning experience. But the second time, I'm dropping seven or $800. I want to make sure that I am winning to recoup the money. And that's like what you know. One of the most important things ever is to is to do that. So, what can I tell you? All right, uh, I'm not going to make it to the top of the hour here, folks. What can I tell you? It's just one of those things. So let's roll out. Let me look back on the show that was. We'll thank Ted Reader for joining us, talking about how to host your own party. We lost him a little bit through technical difficulties on Skype. But you're going to have that every once in a while. He talked about throwing steak. In lump charcoal, and then covering up with more lump charcoal and leaving it to cook in it. What? I would like to sit here and tell you for sure that I would try that, but I gotta tell you, I'm scared to death to do that. Somebody else try it and report back. I'll have you on the show as a guest spot. Take video or pictures so I know you're not lying. If somebody else does it, I swear I'll do it. Also, I want to thank Malcolm Reed for uh, joining me talking about reheating barbecue. Looking for his website. Hold on. It is the... Uh, uh, HowToBBQWrite.com Lots of great information right there with Malcolm. HowToBBQWrite.com We talked about reheating... Well, three of the major four barbecue meats. We want to probably steer away from chicken and a fall possible. Also, thanks to Carlos Lara for the debut segment of Tech, to- uh, Tech, Toast. Tech Talk with Carlos. We talked about operating systems on the various smartphones out there, what's good and bad, uh, in-depth on the HP Veer, success of tablets out there, and the Windows 5 operating system with the new phone coming out possibly in the fall. So look for that. 
Big show planned next week, as always. And until then, until I see you back here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.